Welcome back to the Black Bug Room. To the what now? The Black Bug Room. You thought it was done, but we're back in the Black Bug Room. All right, well. <laughs> did you miss that detail, I guess? Yeah, no. Maybe I did. No, I, I don't think I missed it. I just didn't think it was like that important to be brought out as the start of our episode. <laughs> hey, you know, I don't write these things down. I just go for it. You just go for it. Welcome to the Ex-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm the Black Bug Room Man. Well, today we're here to talk about some comics. Yeah. We're talking about that Infinity comic. Yep. Well, two Infinity comics, actually. Potentially. Potentially. And then Marauders, number three, and Legion of X, number two. Yeah. Yeah. But before we get into that, guess what I got? News. I got the news for yous. Oh, snap. So, Going really into that Rhode Island lingo, huh? Yeah, don't you forget about it. News guys. News guys are going to hear these news. News guys is going to hear this news. These news is for the newsies. That's New York. It's, Good try. It's, it's very similar. <laughs> All right. Hit me with the news. So I don't know if you saw in the post this week about there was a Hellfire Gala preview book of different looks, looks that we've all seen before, just kind of the Dodderman looks that we've seen uh-huh, yes. various characters. That I was not expecting, the fact no. that they they didn't print it either, and I was wondering if they were going to. So you can find this on the Marvel Comics app, not Marvel Unlimited last I checked, but it is on the Marvel Comics app that you can download for free. So the Marvel Comics app is where you can also buy digital comics from Marvel or you can manage redeemed physical comics in the digital space. That's how I read my comics while you read my comics. That's really how they get you, huh? It's like you got to have the Marvel Comics app to read comics, but you can have Marvel Unlimited to read the old comics. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's how they get you. And then they're like, hey, we got sales. We got deals. I mean, it's a business. Yeah, of course. They're trying to sell you stuff. It's But it, you would just think like if they're going to have an app for comics, they would just have one app. You would only have access to the current comics if you paid for them instead of having two apps. Yeah. I kind of like the fact that there's two. But I downloaded it quick and we've seen all these looks. Not to belittle how awesome they are, but we also got the invitation. Ooh, the invitation. That I had posted in the story the other day, cordially mm-hmm. invited to the second annual to witness the continued evolution of Krakoa's friendship with mankind. Friendship. <laughs> <laughs> Lies. Yeah. Hey, so before we were recording, there was the announcement of three one shot tie ins to the AXE event. Oh. Setting up the end of the event. So this oh. is. Coming out in September, maybe. Maybe. I love how in both of these issues, Marvel has stopped putting dates on when things are going to be released because who knows? You'll get them when you get them. You'll get them when you get them. You get what you get and you don't get upset. I'm upset. No, I'm happy. I'm good. So tell me about these three issues. So they're character based. So it's Mm. Iron Man for the Avengers side, Jean Grey for the X-Men side. And Ajax for the Eternal side. All right. And it's seemingly setting up their judgment or, or exploring their judgment. Phoenix will be a huge player in Jean Grey's, the Phoenix Force. You mean in like how they are judged in, or in how they judge people? I think how they are judged. Like Got it. They are 
the whole judgment day. Well, yeah, but I didn't know if they are the judges or no. are they the ones, the representatives to be judged. They're being judged. If they're the representatives from each group to be judged, the Avengers are in trouble. Why? Because you like Tony Least? Yes. Okay. He's not a good guy. <laughs> I mean, that's not really true. I just don't like him. Yeah. <sighs> we got a trailer for Marvel's Midnight Suns upcoming game coming out in October. Yeah. We watched that earlier. Well, I watched it earlier and then And I watched it. PJ wanted to make sure Alicia had seen it so that she could react. I saw it. I honestly my first thought when watching it was like whoever this little scary witch lady with horns is, I thought about the Legion of X comic and I was like, is that who it is? <laughs> but it was cool to see characters from different stories coming together. Venom is crazy scary and I wish he was on the good guy side. Yeah. But that's okay. I do and like the lineup on the good guy side. Yeah, side the lineup there. was cool. Seeing magic and like all that crazy armor was dope. Yeah, we started to, so PJ also said we, we don't really talk about games mm. on the podcast. Not because we don't play them. I, I play games when I have them. Uh, that main reason I wanted a PS5 was for Spider-Man and the upcoming Wolverine game. And now I can get Midnight Suns on that as well. Now you can get Midnight Suns. And Alicia says she doesn't play video games. And I called her out because we play Mario Party all the time. That is the only video game I play. Currently. Because also there's a Harry Potter game coming to PS5. And you are going to play that game and you're going to love it. Okay, maybe I will. Maybe I won't. <laughs> I also recognized <laughs> the other day that, so we don't swear on the podcast. Right. We swear obsessively when we play Mario Party. We let it all out it is, Mario it, Party. Like, that is not a family-friendly game in this I'm, house. I feel like everybody that plays Mario Party has specific characters that they choose to despise and choose to root against like continuously. And for us, it's Birdo and Peach. Yeah, that just happened to be, you know, we throw them as the bad guys. I mean, when I was a kid growing up, Peach was always, always my arch nemesis, always. And I feel like sometimes my brother would just play as Peach just to take me down and make me hate her even more. <laughs> I mean, that would be the only reason why you would play as Peach. Because why would you? I'm Donkey Kong through and through. Yoshi, baby. Hey, Miss Marvel premiered last night. Oh my God, I'm so obsessed with that show. We loved it. It was so good. Honestly, I, I'm ready for more episodes so we can just start watching it again. <laughs> you know what I'm just realizing? It, the aesthetics of it kind of remind me of. Remember Woke? Sure, yeah. How it had like the, the animation within yeah. it. I just, but that was like a weird psychological, like crossing the line of him communicating with the animations. But yeah, absolutely. Right, but just like the, like you know, when they're they're walking certain places and their dialogue is being Text. animated yep. in graffiti on the walls. Like I just think that's so cool. Without going into any spoilers, in case you haven't watched it yet, but aesthetically, it's really cool. Story wise, it's great. Story wise, it's really great, and I really loved like seeing the credits and seeing all the, um, the diversity and the creative team, and just it just was. Overall, a really great show. Entertaining. I like the premise. I just, I really like that she is basically like a comic book nerd, you right, know? Right. And she's a fan. Yeah. She's going to be like 
so relatable for young nerdy kids, I feel. It's exciting. Yeah. And you know who else is excited about Miss Marvel? Who? Marvel Unlimited. They have queued up a full suite of issues to check out to learn a little bit more about Kamala Khan. Well, you got to get in the know, baby. Yeah. Not me. I won't do it, but. I will, probably. Probably. I'll start reading another couple series and then fall off. They gotcha. They always got me. It's it's free. I already paid for it. <laughs> let's get into the comics. All right. Let's talk about comics. Let's talk about. The budding romance within romances within Iceman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A little, little start and finish on this second panel. I didn't think. I, oh, is that Firestar? That must be Firestar in the must background from the, from the first issue. Must be. I think this definitely fits the bill for a Pride Month issue and, and explores Bobby's relationships with other people and just. Wait, was the person at the end a different person? Yes. What? I'm so oblivious. The person on the end had blonde hair and was Christian Frost. Oh my God. For a second, I I don't know why in my mind Bobby always has, Bobby's supposed to have blonde hair, but he doesn't. I mean, he usually sometimes does. But then I just like, when I got to that last panel and I saw the two of them together, I was just like, oh, the blonde one is Bobby. But it's not because he's blonde in any of that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. And and just this kid that comes up to him and wants a selfie with him for and and talks to him about how he's an inspiration and cool to see a superhero an icon like you representing for us. Yeah, that was awesome. Big plot point happening towards the end where Iceman's dad dies. I know, and he couldn't get there in time. That was so sad. Right, yeah, and just him emotionally dealing with that. Also kind of interesting, I mean, you know, a lighter note of just Iceman can't solve climate change. Like it's it's on us. It's you know. Mm-hmm. We can only do so much as heroes. Can I just I just would like to say like Christian Frost has really great abs. Yeah, I mean most comic superhero mutants have great abs. I know, but like just side by side, Bobby's abs do not compare to Christian's. He's covering them. You can't see them. No, I'm just saying. You can't see the full effect. <laughs> If they were ice, they'd be super chiseled. Super chiseled. Mike's Marvel toy photography is wondering why the Iceman story has been sidelined to Infinity Comics. And I think that's a fair point. You know, he's an Omega level mutant. He was very much so a big part of some other books. But I would counter that with the fact that he's got his own story, right? You know, it's just a solo plus this tie in of the Pride Month and, and how to make this a, a voices story. Uh, and in addition, I don't think he had anywhere else that he was going. So this is just while he's on the back burner or while they're figuring out what's next. We yeah. get to have a little. Let's reframe it. Let's say he's getting a bonus story right, right, right. until he comes back into the comics. Yeah. He's making the Infinity Comics even bigger than they were previously. Yeah. You want to talk about X-Men Unlimited? All right. Let's talk about it. We're jumping right back in with our fight between Wolverine and Emma Frost. It's pretty serious. It's very serious. Maggot's rocking that nap time as Laura is just really trying to do everything that she can to stop Emma from killing Eni. Yeah, it's it's I just like don't know how I feel about the situation, you know. I just feel like Emma is taking a lot of the conversation out of play and just has made this decision on what is best to do and is 
very much so adamant that that is the only way to do it. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. <laughs> so that's why you're, you're unsure how to feel because you don't like the light that Emma is being painted in. Yeah, I just feel like it's kind of like making her out to be a villain again. Yeah, I guess. But I also think that it's interesting because it, it still layers on the idea that there's no real heroes and villains. There's just a spectrum of choices that people make dependent on the situation. So is she a villain or is she doing this for the betterment of Krakoa for just the fact that this giant slug monster is coming to ravage the island and this might be a way to slow them down? Yeah. I mean, I don't know that she really has, she really thinks there's time to like put together a council meeting and try to make a decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jump in Somnus's dreamscape and plan what we can do and that doesn't save Krakoa that just makes your time go slower though. right right well you so you can plan but plan for what while Krakoa is being destroyed while you're planning but as Maggot makes a run for it Emma starts taking control of anybody that she can along the way throwing wild child at him Wait, poor what? wild child did I just get teleported what happened how did I get here he's not looking too good Maggot he is exhausted he's beaten down he kind of overextended himself with that hulking out yeah and wolverine straight up slashed emma's femoral artery so which is really clever i feel like there's a a a block of dialogue missing you know oopsie but even i have to admit our people chose very well indeed when they made you an x-man they just felt like maybe, maybe there was something that she was going to say yeah it does seem like Maybe something is missing. I did like that little compliment, though, because she, Laura is amazing. She's killing it, too. She's killing it. But I don't think she'll be on year two. She does look a little, like, cray-cray bloodthirsty in this, like, I mean, wiping her bloody mouth. She was just in a death match. You know? Yeah, but she's, like, smiling about it. Because she's, she's a wolverine, you know? <laughs> they, they like that stuff. I guess that's true. Written by Alex Pacnadel, art by Julian Shaw, color art by Dono Sanchez Alamara, letters Joe Sabino. BC's Joe Sabino. You know, I didn't give credits for Iceman, but that's art and writing by Luciano Vecchio. Letters Joe Sabino again. BC's Joe Sabino. Sure. Sure. Are you interested in this story? Are you liking where it's going? Are- I feel like it's not really going anywhere. It's slowed down, definitely. It's, yeah. it's kind of paced this one out. And But like... I felt like it started with a lot of great energy. I was really excited at the beginning. Yes, I would agree with that. I think I want to know more about this, the impact of the double version. And I don't know if we're going to get that or if it's just going to come down to basically like a monster battle of the Enies, you know? Right. If we're really going to dig into the stuff that I want to dig into or... Just going to tease me. Just going to dangle it in front of me and say, ha ha, we'll never tell. Is it time to, time to talk about the other books now? The physical comics? Oh. The longs? Oh, we can call them physical comics this week? We can call them whatever I want. Oh, did you hear that, everybody? <laughs> whatever Justin wants. Whatever you want, too. Just call them whatever you want. I don't care. The comics. All right, so we're starting with Marauders. Marauders number three surrounded on that cover don't talk to me about the cover i i love the coloring on the cover the the contrast between the team and the shiar guard and and honestly i heard you before but i think this cover artist style is growing on me 
No comment. I don't. I, don't talk to me about the cover, she says. <laughs> I don't like, I don't dislike this one as much as I disliked the first one. Backhanded compliment. And no, I'm just, it's mostly, maybe it's mostly Kate that I don't like. It's fine. It's better than the last one. Maybe it's growing on me too, but I think it's just a general feeling of disappointment of Marauders that I have in my soul that is hurting my heart. And so I don't feel joy when I look at the book. Yep. I mean, that's going around. There's, uh, I've talked to a couple of people about that. It's but, very upsetting to me. Yeah. Let's dive into it. Okay, here we go. Page turn noise. Delphos calling the shots and letting us know they have their prize, what they've been looking for, the Box of Mysterium. They got it. Sending Eric the Red to Infinity's End to take care of it. Oh, Eric the Red. Will you survive? Will you succeed in your mission? I don't care. <laughs> he accepts, though. He accepts. Of course, noble Delphos. Of course. Catching up with Deathbird and finding the motivation behind that secret X-Men cliffhanger. These Sidri look an awful lot like Brood and hardly anything like Sidri. Mm, they do look like Brood. I think, though, that these images tell a different story than the dialogue tells, which I like. Yeah. I think the dialogue is like, oh, she's not going to make it. And the images are like, fools, she's crushing it and she's coming she's death for bird. you. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing Watch that will out take her down. she's coming. An embarrassment, an echo of our hollow-boned past. And then to one of the stars of the issue and or series. Cassandra Nova. I love her. I do too. I, however, think that I am going to be very grateful for our conversation about this issue because a lot of the times in reading it, I felt a little bit like I didn't really understand what was going on or like have all the information. Sure. And felt like I was like in this moment I know that she kind of mentioned knowing some of the kin crimson at some point but in this moment I felt like I was thrust into a relationship that I was supposed to understand a little deeper than I did a relationship with who whoever this dinosaur dragon man is oh no I don't think she has a relationship with either of these characters but she's just fighting them and she's inside their minds just the amount of inside info that she's been sitting on for years and how it's led them to this point. Like She is at the core of this story and it's oh, yeah. becoming more and more apparent as the issues come out. That's the truth. It's, it's, it's a title page, Marooned in Space. Extinction Agenda Part 3, written by Steve Orlando, art by Eleonora Carlini, color art by Matt Miller, letters and production by Ariana Mar. VCs, Ariana Mar. We get a Marauder's Aftermath. They've been captured. So as much as they slowed down time in Somnus' dreamscape, didn't do anything. Didn't slow it down enough. And there's some dissent from the troops questioning the legitimacy of Delphos's cult. I gotta say, I was a little disappointed that, like, they're in the dreamscape, but they didn't really, like, utilize the dreamscape to the best of their ability yeah it was really just like hey we're in the dreamscape isn't this a cool thing that we can do and then we're gonna get out of it we didn't make a plan yet though yeah the plan was to just fight the old-fashioned way. the old-fashioned way or maybe that was the backup plan i don't know i love the colors of the battle that cassandra is having yeah 
They're all over the place. And honestly, the art is growing on me. Great. Yeah, I like it. And especially, I think it's because what I've been saying for the last couple of issues that when it's chaos, when it's fighting, it looks really great. Like it has that energy to it. But I also feel like it's a little less caricature in the faces. And maybe that's just because I'm getting used to it. Yeah, I think, yeah, maybe. But she's taking them down. These kin crimson sent to kill her. Bringing this dragon into the black bug room. Which is the reference you made at the beginning of the episode. Am I supposed to know what the black bug room is? We saw this for Cyclops in Cassandra's first appearance in New X-Men, Grant Morrison's run. Oh, yeah, because I totally remember that. I, you didn't need to. I was just making a reference, though. I know. <laughs> now we're talking about it. It's just kind of this personification, hallucinatory projection of someone's subconscious. You're, you're being forced to confront all of the dark and evil of your mind. That's an unfortunate place to be. Yeah. She's got a full read on his powers, this wet skin and hard skin. I already forgot what they were. Like, I had to look them back up. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, those are those are two of the ten Shi'ar secret things. Yeah. And apparently they come from a symbiote who was a mutant. And I wonder when we'll find out who that symbiote is. Well, we get a name, but maybe they're still captive. We do? Zzzix. Oh, yeah. I, Yeah. <laughs> We're back in the dreamscape coming up with our game plan. The variables have changed. They know they're captured so they can plan around it. I'm interested to see how we'll get more interaction between Aurora, Tempo, and Somnus's power because they all seem to manipulate time in various ways. Mm. Whether that's just Aurora being able to speed things up with her super speed, Tempo being able to manipulate it seemingly in either direction, and then Somnus being the master of it in the dreamscape. It's interesting, too, the way that Somnus can be in the dreamscape, but also be aware of what's happening outside the dreamscape, like that his consciousness can kind of be in both places. Especially when he's supporting all these people inside it with him. Right. I'm glad to see the rebellion of the Shi'ar Guard, though, because for such a large unknown force that just assumed command, it's good that they're questioning it. I feel like that's Mm -hmm. a good detail for them as, as a character group. I would agree. And I wonder, like, what was the... So they're like, okay, we're just going to get out of the dreamscape. And... What they, was the plan? They know they're captured. So, like, what was your first plan? Because you're, in, you're captured. So they're going to... You're captured and you're being carted away on these little floating gurneys. Like, what do you think is going to happen? They're going to notice you woke up. Yeah. I don't... Is Kate going to phase through some stuff? Is Maybe. But the primates are awake as everyone goes back into action. And Gladiator makes his entrance. Ah, this page is awesome. Oh, yeah. Chaos. Action. Beautiful, bright colors. And the fight begins. Akira will have none of it. Not for you, false Lupak. So Lupak is a species of character that's where Fang comes from. Fang being one of the Shi'ar Imperial Guard. Oh. This was probably one of my favorite parts of the issue. Tempo using her power to age and and essentially destroy Gladiator's hand. One thing I've noticed about Tempo is that she's very flexible. She's always doing these ninja moves. Yeah. And in this instance, her her legs are essentially like the hands of this clock of time. Yeah. 
And I didn't even I see that. That's kind of cool. I didn't even see the outline of oh, time the clock. going. Yeah, the clock yeah. going around. And also, I love that it was, you know, that this aging of Gladiator took so much out of tempo because he doesn't really age. Like she said, she had to go through millennia to just get his, just his arm. Yeah. No, I think that that just makes the stakes at least have something to it you know have a consequence of how she used her powers and and then have to deal with that you can't just do that again mm-hmm. she needs to recharge yeah she needs to make cassandra have this awesome entrance with her cool new hat her cool new hat i love it yeah i'm very excited to see the characters and and what they're doing but i don't feel like i'm getting to know them at all with maybe an exception with xandra and cassandra but I just feel like I was talking with Daniel at Comics Extracts this afternoon mm-hmm. and, and just how little character development we were both recognizing in the issues that, yeah. you know, a lot of great action, great story, suspense, bonkers, mysteries and, and so many details to try to keep track of. But no real human element of the characters growing or relating or changing in any way, except for maybe Cassandra and Xandra. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing because I was I was remembering at the start of this, we were really excited about the team and the dynamics and the way that they were even in that first issue, like the way they were playing off of each other and in the the annual that was like setting all of this up. Right. We really got to see them like starting to form their own little family and it was really excited about it. And I feel like there's... The thing that I think is happening is that there's so much information that needs right. to be presented in order for this story to make sense that that's really all there's room for in the issue, which is why I feel like disappointed, I think, with the book, because sometimes I feel like there's so much information that my brain can't process it all. Like it's giving me Ten of Swords vibes. That's true. Yeah. You know? And and especially when in seen in comparison to the original run of Marauders and how character focused that was, at least for Kate and Emma mm-hmm. and, and occasionally pieces of other characters coming in and, and relating as a team. But yeah, wholeheartedly agree. There's just a lot going on. But let's hear it for Cassandra for a moment and the little flick of red goo off her shoulder. She's yeah. like, nothing to see here. Whoops. Nothing to see here. Gladiator, is it my birthday? She's so excited. She's to so see happy. Him. Oh, you don't have to be pleasant to me. No, I, I waive all Krakoan amnesty and you can come at me. She's like, I love fighting. I'm, Let's do it. I'm ready for it. You have tried to kill me so many times. In comes Xandra stepping up to the crown. I, I mean, and I like this as her character arc, the insecurities that she had, the back and forth that she seems to be struggling with, and that's been seeded across her appearances that that's why they needed to bring in Deathbird to give her counsel because she is so young on the throne mm-hmm. and, and to have this giant history thrust upon her and to have that in conflict with her allies, her friends. And I also just think it's interesting. It's an interesting story point to have a leader who isn't just accepting, oh, this is how we've always led. This is what we've always done. You know, right. she's questioning it and she's like, isn't my role as the leader to make the decisions, make the decisions and analyze what's going on and decide what's best for like the Shi'ar as a whole. And I think what's best for the Shi'ar as a whole is for us to be honest with 
our allies and to try to broker continuously positive relationships and amend for our past mistakes, which is a really honorable thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. She's trying to make it better. Yeah. She's not just sitting with the, well, this is how it's done. But I'll tell you who doesn't like that. <laughs> Delphos. Delphos, the little scowl on her face. Not into it. Not happy. And Kate actually gets to captain. You know, she's, oh, yeah, the reason we're here and the person that we're following. I'm, I'm going to speak now. I'm going to tell you, hey, this is what's up. This is what we're doing. Yeah. And Delphos is all, oh, well, where's your little box? You know where the box is, Delphos. Respectfully. Respectfully, you took it. Slash, I think you destroyed it in space. Yeah. But we do hear that Cassandra has this full knowledge of what's happened. So we're going a little further into Grant Morrison's run. And they had established that Cassandra in Xavier's body was manipulating the Shi'ar. Oh, interesting. And and was essentially taking command of the Shi'ar in a way. Especially with connection to Lalandra. I see. And so a member of the Kin Crimson tried to kill her, and she learned the secrets of the Shi'ar at that point. So this is, I don't know, continuity-wise how long it was, but print-wise, it was 15 years ago. Wow. Probably even further. Yeah, 20 years ago. Crazy. Well, we have a data page. Uh, I, So, I mean, <laughs> data pages are often a chore. Uh, these two these two like the two in this book it just is a lot of words to not really say a lot mm-hmm. we have secret history books that's the tweet that's the tweet someone gave their life so we can have history books that you can't read what i will say that i did find interesting and informative is the sentence there the initial kin witnessed the first blood spilled so in every other instance, I was assuming that the Kin Crimson were the ones who spilled the first blood. And this is saying that they witnessed it. So who did it? Who done it? You know? Yeah. Who spilled the blood? Was it just another, another ver- like the Member. Shi'ar ruler of that time who did it? And the Kin Crimson just happened to witness it and then support it and kind of help cover it up? Or... What did it happen within their ranks? But then they also witnessed it. Like, I just thought that was an interesting word choice. Yeah. And Xandra knows about the Chronicle and she's mad. <laughs> I, I wonder if Delphos's telepathy is guarded in some way from the others. The way that she's talking in this red box. The way that she doesn't seem to be afraid to message out to the other Kin Crimson. Right. Is it like a... Is it, does she have telepathy? I don't believe or so. Or is it like, um, I think she's a precog. When a, when a telepath on a team can Has, like connect all yeah, the yeah, teams. Yeah. Right. So is there a telepath in the Kin Crimson that has like connected them all? Who knows? We don't know anything about that secret order except Cassandra does. You must sit down. Oh, she's mad. Throwing it down. Xandra doesn't play. Xandra's had enough. Let's go. One, li- one liberty too many, which is what I was feeling in issue one. The fact that this person just came in and was like, hey, uh, I know you're the queen, but I'm in charge now. Mm-hmm. And she's like, nah, you're not. I'm in charge. Kate, get your team. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. 
I like that. Uh, the, the bonding between the two of them. Mm-hmm. The the moment where Xandra recognizes Kate's strength to want to do something about this. And then on to the second data page where we learn of the relationship between the Kin Crimson and the fraternity of raptors. That is something from continuity history. And Chad mentions it in one of our submitted reactions later on that they killed Lalandra. Oh, Oh, snap. The issue isn't regicide, but getting caught doing it. Right. What's regicide? Murder of royalty. Like Got it. Cool. Regis. I need needed to know. I yeah, didn't yeah. look it up. I read it and I was like, I don't know what this word means. Justin will probably know. I took Latin. You did? In high school, yeah. <laughs> you remember? You know what? <laughs> I'm not even going <laughs> to. Good for you. Yeah. Let's go to the crag. Hey, Craig. Craig. Let's go to the Craig. Ah, so this giant prison for books and other stuff, maybe. We don't know. We'll find out. I love I love this moment between Cassandra and Somnus. <laughs> like, keep watching. And Somnus is like, I don't know who you are, but you scare me you and everyone scare around me. us. Yeah, you're scary. And also, does Cassandra know what's about to happen? Uh, I think so. She's a telepath. You know, she, she has a read on what's happening. She just lets it happen, though. Yeah, I mean. It's just her niece, not even her favorite. Just her, her niece just stabbed with some kind of... Hard skin, light skin, wet skin. Crazy blade laser. She's a mutant. We've got backups. For treason. For treason slashed into the chest. Do we have a backup of her? I would imagine. She's a mutant. She's Xavier's daughter. Like I would imagine that he has a backup. Oh, you think he cares that much about his kids? About this one, yes. <laughs> because this one reminds him of Lalandra. Even this though he liked. even though he didn't really know that she was quote unquote created, you know. <laughs> but that's it. You know what, what we got next? Time's up. Pandimensional prison break is next. Yeah, this is the cover with tempo as everybody's going crazy around her. She's just scrolling. So what'd you think? Would you, was that conversation helpful in the context? Where you still have big questions? I think. Overall, I understand, and that conversation kind of made me feel like, okay, I got the general flow of the issue, the general points of the issue, but it's like the the hard skin, the wet skin, the history, like some of the some of those data pages I was like staring at them reading like, okay, absorb this, don't just gloss over it, absorb this, don't just gloss over it, but I was really just glossing over it. Like, it feels like there's a lot of information that maybe just needs some time to settle in my brain. Well, I just, I feel like it came out guns blaring Mm. and then even added more to it. And and I thought something similar with the first issue of Legion of X. I thought the the first issue of Legion of X had so much going on. But the second issue didn't add more things. It just mm. let that simmer and intertwine. Issue two of Marauders just added so much more to the lore, to the mystery, to the history that we still didn't know, hadn't heard of before, and, and continues to do. I don't really think that we get too much added in now. I guess the Chronicle, the Crag, you know, all of these things. It's just feels like we're we're loading on more and more details to this story. And I also think that for me, probably why I felt more confused is because now that you've been talking about Morrison's run in these 
things that happened with Cassandra Nova, like I didn't know those things. Sure. So it felt a little bit more like, like I felt like I was missing something. Like there was a piece that I didn't fully understand because I didn't read those books because I didn't know that thing. Mm. And because there, it's very lightly mentioned. It's not even right. explored or, or described. Right. So it's like, it's kind of a double-edged sword, right? Like you want to have those moments for people who are avid readers and avid fans who have been fans for a really long time to have those Easter egg moments or those moments of like, oh my goodness, this is connected. But then if you're a newer reader, sometimes that feels a little, you know, like you're on the outside of what's right. going on. Yeah, I'm still on the fence with this title. It might just be loyalty to the classic Marauders brand, but, you know, maybe it's the intrigue that I can actually make sense of. Maybe it's the characters that I love, but overall, it doesn't feel like it's working for me. I was talking about how Daniel and I were messaging this afternoon about there's there's elements that we both like, but a lack of key components. Great Mm -hmm. mystery, but no character development. I'm here for X-Men in space. That's great. And especially something that touches throughout continuity, but... We're missing that human element of these characters relating to each other. They're just power sets in new and interesting ways and how you can utilize that. And and that's been great the way that the powers have actually been used and the way that it's balanced. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like I don't I don't care. I don't right. care about these people. They're just vehicles for their powers, not actual characters. Yeah. And I feel like there's a lot like we haven't really seen Bishop do much. We haven't really seen Psylocke do much. We did in in the issue where they, you know, they was that the first issue or yeah. this, when they went out like and now they're in these forever in these spacesuits. But I don't know. There's just something there's something missing for me, like the special sauce of the issue, the special sauce of the title. It's not it's not hitting for me like it used to, which right. is it was, even Kate sad. feels one note. Yeah, she's just determined and angry. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I just I don't know. And I think it is like what we were saying earlier is that there's just so much information that has to be absorbed and digested. Yeah, there's so much information that the writer has to get across that there's not a lot of room. There's only so many pages in a comic, you know, so. Right. Which is, again, a double edged sword of you want to seed a, a lot of potential, but at the same time, not get lost. It, it reminds me of how I was feeling with some things in Excalibur at the beginning of the run, like the first mm-hmm. half of Excalibur when just kind of throwing other things there, other things out there. And now that we're at Knights of X where things are able to just be there and intertwine, it feels more successful to me. Yeah. How do you feel about the Shi'ar rebelling against the Kin Crimson? Even Xandra rebelling against the Kin Crimson? Well, I like it because I think the Kin Crimson are dirty, dirty butt faces and they're up to something bad. Well, they are. <laughs> you know, they, they just want to kill everybody. And save their secrets. Yeah. I like it. I think it's it's a cool dynamic within the Shi'ar culture. What do you think about these character dynamics between the team? Between the Marauders? Right. Hard to say. Right. I don't know. I was just... Especially the dreamscape space. I was really hoping for some good like character develop like I could have hung out in there longer I could have had a an issue where they were plotting and planning in there you know Mm. or or even a few pages of that just to kind of see how they bounce ideas off each other and work together I think well especially if they did something in there because that was the problem last issue where I just felt like they were there but they just kept on talking about like oh yeah and we're here and this Mm -hmm. and you know like making a joke here and there and there was no meat 
You know, right. there was nothing there other than just the trappings of, hey, this is the thing that we're doing. I do like that when the team is ready to fight that they're all like, yeah, let's do it. And yeah. they have that kind of camaraderie and that excitement about just like jumping into battle and hyping each other up. I do think that is successful. Yeah, it nails action. Yeah. And, and that it nails action on a creative power set usage and in art. Mm-hmm. So through and through, the action is solid. It's just the story is a little overwhelming and the character relationships aren't really there. Mm-hmm. We don't really see them interact. We just see them have one-liners. Hack and slash. Thoughts on the secrets of the Shi'ar? Where are you with them? I really don't care about any of them except where the original mutants are. Right. And I feel like you could have just you could have just stayed with that. The first blood yeah. spilled. We didn't need 10. Yeah. You know, the hard skin, light skin, that's fine. I don't need to know why Eric the Red is the red. Right. You know, and and now they're all the red. Right. What? Hard, hard skin, wet skin. I, yeah, I, yeah. It's hard skin, wet skin. And they came from, I, I, like, what I've got out of it is essentially those two things came from them stealing from other races. Yes. So I guess that's the important thread that we have to hold on to. But. Right. Is that, that the Shi'ar have a dark history of stealing abilities and powers from other races mm-hmm. like i said before gray malkin lane chad is loving the fraternity of raptors inclusion they killed lalandra and it was actually a member of the fraternity of raptors possessing dark hawk's mind which is a deep cut in shiar history to kill lalandra steve orlando loves his details mm. okay so i don't know anything about the fraternity of raptors are they Actual raptors? No. Dang it. I didn't think so either. I thought that raptors probably meant like something else. But I was hoping that it meant that they were dinosaurs. No. (laughs) Sorry. It's okay. It was a long shot. I know. Warline Comics thinks that this feels off. Like I'm reading the X-Men's version of Avengers BC and I've never read Avengers BC all the way through, but I get the comparison where it's like we're meddling in the continuity of things all that time earlier. And we're trying to seed things that have been here or been a part of this. And and honestly, I like that ambition, mm. but I, I, I just feel like I'm overwhelmed and I'm trying to negotiate what works with what I know and what doesn't. And, and I'm, I'm generally open to changing some stuff especially if you have some excuse as to how it works it just feels like a lot so is it, uh if i'm understanding this correctly it's not essentially like a retcon but it's more like digging deeper and giving reason to things that we're just like this thing exists yeah. and we didn't need a backstory for it or it didn't need to go any further and now we're we're making it it's go like further. it's like you're shining light in the shadows mm-hmm. right there were there was dark areas of history where we didn't have details and now we're, we're giving you some context yeah but i like that as a concept I, exactly what i'm saying i like that as a concept but i just don't feel like it's it's working for me here mm. and i don't know I, I just don't know how that worked for avengers bc yeah i mean maybe when we get a little bit more reveal then i'll feel differently i don't know maybe I'm hopefully yeah holding I just, out hope yeah and and i you know i i think about it sometimes we read all the x-men issues because i had been doing that previously and because now we have the podcast and i just i like having multiple issues would there be titles that i would have dropped here or there if i wasn't doing the podcast maybe 
And so I've talked to a handful of people that were like, eh, I'll wait until Marvel Unlimited or I'm not picking this up month to month. And I just, I worry about... I know, I do too. Are we going to actually get that story if sales decline? I will be really upset if I don't get the ending. I hate not getting endings. Yes. Um, And also I just, I want... I want all the titles to be good. Like, I want to love all of them. And I know that that's not necessarily realistic, right? Not everybody loves everything. Right. But. And that's that's I, by design, too. They're, they're intended to be different titles for different people, different right, for sensibilities. Different audiences. But I think just because this book, this title was near and dear to my heart, I want, I want it to go back to being a title that I'm excited to read. Right. And I. You know, we talked about this a little bit in our Patreon episode. Like, I'm interested, and we kind of mentioned it here too. Like, I'm interested in the secrets of the Shi'ar. I'm interested in uncovering this mystery. I really want to dig into and know how this box, because in this issue they mentioned like, oh, the box has, it's from long ago, but it could only have been created in the present. So, like, I'm interested in that kind of Time, time warp travel situation. Right. So there's there are things that I'm really interested in. I just feel like I'm getting a little bit of an overload of information and it doesn't allow me to like really dig into the stuff that I'm interested in. Right. And I'm only able to give so much good faith that it's going to come eventually. Right. LV Duarte is curious as to what exactly is the extent of Cassandra's power. Me too, because what she do? She's all like. So shooting things out of her hands. She stuff. has all the powers of Xavier as well as all the latent and unrealized powers of Xavier, which seemingly means she can do whatever the plot demands because she also can know, duplicate and manipulate DNA, which has mm. always been a part of that list. Right. Interesting. Wise guy wants to know what is up with Cassandra Nova? Why did she sense but not stop the murder of Lalandra? Right. Well, big picture, she's an agent of chaos and she likes to upset her brother. So that's (laughs) she's only recently being considered somewhat of a agreeable character. You know, she's been a hardcore supervillain for For all of her character. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's it's too like, you know, what she was saying to Kate in that first issue is like the destruction of mutants isn't really her her mo anymore she just likes the chaos and she likes the fight and so like when she whispers over to somnus like just keep watching she's yeah. like it's a, that's like her entertainment she's like "Ooh, what's right. gonna happen next how are we gonna get out of it oh and maybe he meant uh zandra zandra yeah yeah i think so which i still think you know chaos right exactly <laughs> she's just like ha, 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 ha. she's just here for the show yeah but maybe she knows something else that we don't know yeah i mean she clearly does she knows a lot JPV Cavalcanti is thinking that Cassandra is way too OP. What? <laughs> I was waiting to see. We've talked about this before. OPP? And, yeah, and what OPP? Yeah, you know me. That's all I what is What does that stand for? Oh. <laughs> Other people's property. So. But OP in this sense stands for overpowered. Overpowered. Interesting. Other people's property. That's that's a rap reference versus O-P-P. a nerd reference. Yeah, you know me. Yeah, you know me. I love me. my rap music. 
<laughs> I'm distracted. So so they're saying that she has too much power right She now. has too much power. But I, And I'd agree. But also there's kind of a base of precedent for it in that she is the genetic duplicate of Xavier in some way and also has access to even more power than he does. Mm. I like her being like this, though. So I'm okay with it. Yeah. She cray. Eric Huffman thinks Cassandra knows stuff, but she's not sharing. What could she know? He doesn't trust that crazy bat. Yeah. I mean, I think, too, with her saying when she was, you know, taking taking peeps down in the beginning of the issue, she was getting all those juicy nuggets of information. Even, even more secrets, and yeah. And she's not sharing. No, she's only letting it come out when it's relevant or when it comes up for them. Right, when it's convenient for her. Right, right. And she's had that other information for a really long time. I think she knows almost everything after connecting with all these minds of the Crimson. And I think what's interesting, too, is to think about, like, is she letting things out in in time that is good for the team or in time? Like, I still think she's she got a has a personal secret oh, yeah, yeah, motive yeah. and that she's not necessarily she does not necessarily care if the rest of the Marauders die yeah. As long as she gets what she needs. I mean, it's Krakoa. Who cares if anybody dies? Well, as long as yeah. we're not in another world. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But that's exactly what Kurt was talking about. It's true. The spark. Last thing from Eric. It's awesome seeing Tempo's power use on Gladiator in full effect. And about time the queen takes charge. And I agree fully on both counts. One hundred percent. I think it's cool to test the limits of Tempo's abilities. But also an interesting arc for Xandra as she finds her footing in royalty. Because she's still very young in this role. Well, is she going to make it? I don't know. I mean, I guess what you said. Who cares? It's Krakoa. <laughs> no stakes. Well, I don't know about that. I, I did not say that. But... No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. If it doesn't matter if anybody dies, there's no stakes. That's how it feels sometimes. Like that's That's the attitude that I think is what is interesting of the point that Kurt was bringing up, you know? If you don't treat your life with value, then it doesn't mean anything. Right. And as readers, the same thing. And right, right creators, it's the same thing. If, if, you, if it doesn't matter if the characters die, then what stakes do we have as readers investing in the story? Right. And I mean, that, that was always kind of the point of this as a plot point was to take that off the board as a cliffhanger. And how many times have we had death as a cliffhanger at the end of issue, even, even with last run of marauders when they are out in space like yeah that's that's okay how they're gonna figure this out but also if they die who cares right well i care sure until they get resurrected because i mean what's the point of having the final page of this issue having her be stabbed through the chest if there's no like if that's not a cliffhanger for some reason right well and i guess it might be can she be resurrected? Is there a backup that would potentially reveal that secret? You know, Krakoa's got their own secrets. I don't think she's going to die. I don't think that that's a death blow. She can survive a lot, then. That thing went straight through her. This impact wound. It's nothing. Let's talk about Legion of X. All right, Legion of X. You seem to have a lot of questions on this one, too. I'm going to be completely honest and say I wasn't really a big fan of either of these issues. Oh, a snoozy of a toozy. Yeah. I really like this issue. But we'll see if you, your talking can change my mind. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I think it's a dope cover. Exciting to see Banshee here with his face. Yep. <laughs> there he is. There's his face and some 
I, I meant like skull legion in a ball. I meant like on his head versus yes, on, on his own body. The intrigue of Mother Rapture, the mystery of this ball of Legion's head. I like. I love this cover. Yeah, it's a very cool cover. I like all those little bubbles coming off of her too, like as if she's holding lots of other people in these little bubbles. Right, right. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Ho-ho! See how that ties into the issue, my friend. Well, it does, at least exactly. in terms of where I'm thinking Mother Rapture is coming from. Mmm. Okay, then. Let's get into it. Page turn noise. She wants the info. We're starting it right off with Mother Rapture on the astral plane, on the beach, the liminal boundary of the astral plane and the altar. And she wants to know what's going on. Ruth, blindfold, tell me. Tell us what's up. But it seems like she kind of already knows what's going on. Well, she knows what's going on now. Who cares about the present? Anybody can see the present. I want to see the future. There's value in the future. Whoever heard of a prophet without a prophet, eh? I love this art and I love this layout of like the close-ups, you know, the close-up of blindfolds while the image is being shown of what, you know, the, the present is. And yeah. you can see here too, all the little bubbles coming off of Model the Rapture. Yeah, it's interesting because we're not really clear what they're doing. Is that forcing her to engage with her power? Don't know. Because even in the, the last panel on this page, Legion kind of deflects it away mm. from Ruth. Interesting. Oh, this this image. I love it. I think this is so cool. I just don't understand what it means. Is saying that Legion is going to become the leader of, of Krakoa? It's basically what it's saying is that that is a potential if Legion were to rebel against his father and the island, and this would be your council tables. You know, you'd have blindfold in a destiny-type position. You'd have a really interesting old man nightcrawler surrounded by Bamfs. But it's only one possibility, you know? It's not prediction of things that will. Spirit, are these the things that... Yeah, I think... Okay, so here's something already that I would I would love to see how you can clarify for me, okay? So in the image or the, the thing that we see of the present, there's... Like, I'm just confused. There's, like, somebody crouched over, and we know we see that little wooden type hand situation later but there's still someone tied to a chair with a mischievous horned thing over them right so is that i don't know i just i'm confused so i mean this is also just one image so i think you're trying to get a full picture or a full understanding of just this one image but so with the full context of the issue my thoughts are this guy in the chair is skinjacker slash switch being manipulated and influenced by the trickster god. He's tied up because when the consciousness of someone he switches with comes into that body, he then can't go away. So is Switch, is Skinjacker the one that's allowing this working with and the fact that he can manipulate things and and the fact that his powers are so much more leveled up than anybody's seen before? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Because because then Blindfold is like, oh, I got to go tell everybody what's going on with Skinjacker. And I was like, how did you get that from that, that, that Yeah, I, I question why she just has this urge to go to the Legionnaires. She was just resurrected. How does she even know? You know? Right. Uh, that, that felt kind of out of nowhere. And also, I don't want to say a disservice to her her lover in Legion, but just kind of like, hey, I know I just showed you some really messed up stuff, but I got to go do this other thing. Mm-hmm. 
Well, what's it cost? Lee, just curious. Yeah, I'm interested. What's the price? What's the price? Title page. Possession is nine-tenths of the law. Let us pray. But like... Hunted prey. Written by Cy Spurrier. Art by Jan Bazaldua. Color art by Federico Blee. Letters by Clayton Coles. VCs, Clayton Coles. On to a data page for gods. Dr. Nemesis playing a little science experiment for the gods and how worshippers affect their strength, their power, their ability to be gods. Which is interesting. Yeah, it's cool. And I, I wonder how we'll see it. It's just he's dancing with some some dangerous folks when he's talking about Thor and Loki in here. Yeah. But it also just overall is an interesting concept of the fact that like the more someone believes in you, the more powerful you become. Right. Right. The more people that believe in you, the more backing for your cause, the more powerful it is. Right. I mean, and you think compare that to Exodus and how his power works. You compare right? that to just how that that legitimizes the gods and, and that follows up on an idea introduced in the first issue. Mm-hmm. Um, just where these gods are coming from because these worshipers. Right. So they appear on Araka when they have enough worship power, basically. Right. When their worship energy is fully charged. The Green Lagoon, what happened to it? It's under reconstruction. Did that happened in the last issue? Did it get destroyed? That's definitely from last issue from Juggernaut fighting with Polly and, and blasting through Kool-Aid man blasting through the walls. Yeah. So now we have to repair the Green Lagoon. It's going to get all new design. Speaking of Green Lagoon, excited for my birthday present that Alicia got me from Joshua Cassara, the the print of the Green Lagoon's original appearance. Pretty good, if I do say so myself. Yeah, you're great. And then Josh included such a cool hand-drawn technogan. Yeah. Yeah. The best. The best. He's the best. Thanks, Josh. Well, we brought Sage in. We're going to do some investigating. Yeah. Can't find Switch. Can't find the, the skin jacker. Who and, and Zen just doesn't care. She's unhappy. You're gonna sell you're gonna tell me that Orisarata is wrong? You're gonna trust this drunk who's talking to himself in the third person? Oh, Black Tom. Interesting the little bubbles around oh, yeah. Black Tom's speech bubbles. Is that like because it's part of Krakoa? Oh that's because it's he's, he's drunk. drunk. I see. It's yeah. like a burp bubble. Yeah, yeah. You try merging with a sentient ecosystem and not getting eccentric. I love that Sage is defending Black Tom. Uh, just, you mm-hmm. know, hey, that's my guy. You know, leave him be. Leave him be. He's trying his best. In comes Banshee. And I think that this is probably the first in a long time an acknowledgement of Sage's telepathic powers. Mm, yeah, because I was confused. Your mind's a little ouchy tonight. And Zen is is picking up on the details. She needs to be on the cop squad. Yeah, I lo- and that's I love that. I love the like close up of his hand, close up of her eyes. I knew exactly what was going on at that moment. I was like, <gasps> yeah, she's picking up on something that's not really banshee. Yeah, I need to talk to you about crime stuff. <laughs> I need to talk to you about crime, and then she just goes crime stuff. Yeah, that's not that's not believable. The accent slipping in and out. She's picking up on all the little cues. Oh, man. Black Tom and Juggernaut, again, the Xavier plot point, right? Uh, the fact that he did not want Juggernaut on this island. And the council or the other people in the room voted against him. Overthrown, Charles. Overruled. Yeah. 
But this savage line from Banshee, I don't sit with primitives. And, and Juggernaut is about to throw down. <laughs> You're going to need to do some more reconstruction. You've made him angry. Because Zen and, and Zen here is just completely on, on the case now. She's mm-hmm. like, okay, I have a lead. You guys aren't doing anything. I got to go. And then we're back with the guy who was one of the body snatch victims. Right? No. No, he wasn't? Uh, potentially, but I mean, potentially, but we have not confirmed that. We don't know what happened. So he was one of the other cases and his wife had died and and they're trying to figure that out with him to just understand what's going on. He just wants to be punished. Just get me out of here. Give me my sentence. Do what you got to do. I want to get out of here. Throw one more forget me not joke on it. You got dust hanging out in the distance and Ruth makes an appearance. Blindfold coming in. Oh my goodness. Grace says she's back. And, you know, while we do that... No, what's going on here? Nightcrawler is apparently Krakoa's masseur. I don't get it. No. What? It's so random. This is this is too sexy for me. Yeah. Yeah, let me tell you about my pseudo-religion law While I massage your back. All about trying new things while I give you a sweet, sweet back massage. I just... No, I'm not Where here. did it come from? Like... Yeah, I don't... I there don't... Was, there was no lead-in? Like, oh, man, I, I really... What? Yeah. Confused. Confused and into the lion's den. These shots are really beautiful. Oh, yes. Especially this fight sequence. I I love it was these pages and then even in the first issue when she was fighting against Nightcrawler. Yes. Just the battle scenes of Zen. Yeah, Zen is super cool. And she's, she's going after Beast, so I'm here for it. Yeah, I think everybody is okay with that. I just love the way she slices her knife and then the trail of blood that arcs and follows. Right. I do, you know, props to Beast for rebelling without access to his legs yeah. and just tackling. I don't I, need my legs. And just this, is she about to slice his... Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't know. I might twitch. You might You might lose some... Mm, maybe. Listen, he asked for it. He pounced on her. I mean, she invaded his lab. Well, you know, everyone's a hero of their own story. Can't break into my secret lab. How do you even get this information? You can't break into my secret lab. Nobody knows my secrets except me. Data page. Some case observations of the Skinjacker report. Beast is like, yeah, it's not really a problem. People are just going crazy and they're talking about it and they're just mouthing off about this, that, and the other. Not worth X-Force's resources. Send it to Nightcrawler and his emo cops. <laughs> He's like, I don't care, not my chair, not my problem. Someone else deal with it. Which leads me to believe it's going to end up being a big problem. And Beast is going to have egg on his face. But bam! They're there. Nightcrawler and Sage have arrived. Yeah. And oh snap, it seems Banshee's the one who broke in first. Hmm. And I do love the reveal of Sage having lied or, or or maybe not been forward with the information of the singing stones. Mm. Zen was not the first person here. Banshee was. And he got what he wanted. The information that he needed. Which means if Banshee is actually Skinjacker, who's actually being controlled by a mischievous god, then it's not the information that Banshee wanted, but the information that this mischievous god wanted. Yeah, Banshee's not in the in the wrong. Dun dun dun. 
jugger butt. <laughs> like what is? I I guess you get the the answer a little later. But what is Banshee doing here? Is creating some kind of like ritualistic sacrifice or some kind of portal? Yeah, something. Just Juggernaut gets landed on him. Smoosh. <laughs> Smooshes him. Yeah, this is our first inclination that Switch's power, Skinjacker, as he's being called now, is leveled up. Because they even say he can only do it once in 24 hours, which is like a pretty hardcore limitation on his power mm-hmm. if that is your, your main ability. Right. A lot of clever uses of everyone's abilities. Yeah, Lost, using their gravity manipulation. And I think that's a really cool counter to juggernaut. juggernaut's yeah. powers like that's a cool he he needs that stability of what he's rooted to to make him unstoppable right and she's just like ha 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 tricked you yeah have fun throwing up <laughs> pixie bringing the soul dagger down into his brain straight into the skull nightcrawler's like hey let me tell you about some spark bs oh, criminals man. don't want a reason nightcrawler especially when they're enjoying it right it's an interesting parallel between Skinjacker and the Choir Mirrors that we were talking about mm. in X-Force, right? So just kind of manipulating bodies in this way in different ways. Uh, I was talking with Pastry Jordan, and he brought up the fact that Juggernaut, not a mutant. Right. And not a mutant. we talked about this after we recorded that episode. I had thought about it while I was editing it. This is the first indication that they have access to non-mutant dna and are able to manipulate that in a way right i don't i don't know if juggernaut is listed as a latent mutant in any way or if that counts that makes him part of the resurrection protocols i don't think so right or is it just another thing that they're just gonna say we don't talk about right 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 and and also jordan brought up the fact that juggernaut's powers are not in his physicality they are given to him by the the bands of sidorak what's that those the, the mystical bands that that make him the juggernaut. I see. Um, so the fact that like his strength doesn't come from his physical body; it comes from a relic. Ah. So technically, that X Force, like that, shouldn't have. Right. That shouldn't. That have doesn't worked. make sense. Yeah. Should have used strong guy instead. It would have made a lot more sense. Ah, uh, yeah. Can we just talk about? Let's talk about Zed for one more second. Always. So Banshee says. Is that the beep who did this? I'll scream his freaking soul out. And she goes, that's the spirit. Yeah, she loves it. She loves it. <laughs> She's like someone with that Iraqi spirit yeah. for violence. Skinjack are going to skinjack, you know? It's just, I'm here to do stuff. It's just fun to me. I don't have some grand motive. I don't have some big plan. Lies. Lies. Because especially the the dialogue box as he leaves Juggernaut's body in this green, in this unlegible word. Like this this has to be that connection to this god. Oh yeah. What is it? He's out though. He's gone. He hasn't jumped to another body, at least not not another body in the Yeah, I don't know the vicinity. Limi- I don't know the limitations of how far he can jump. Right, and like, can he just like go back to like wherever his own body is? Did he just like back to that? Potentially, but I still think that that vision that we saw at the beginning was Skinjacker's body, right, being manipulated by the trickster god. Right, so I'm saying he just 
Now he's back in the chair. Being manipulated by Loki. Loki. I hope so. I mean, he's on the cover of the third issue, so. Oh, my God. Really? (laughs) Yes. What a glorious day. So it seems like he's being leveled up also with sorcery. Skinjacker, switch, whatever you want to call him. He has this hand of glory, a charm to open any lock. I wonder what he's after. Is this maybe he's trying to get to the council? Maybe. Yeah, it's really interesting. And also, why is this panel sideways? I don't know. Just so it works for the rest of the page? I guess. I was like, does it mean something? Everything's being twisted on its head. A deal with Mother. And so I don't think Mother Righteous is the trickster god that we're looking for. But I think she is a god or godlike character of some kind. Mm. Because her barter with Legion is she just wants his faith, his belief. She right. wants him to believe in her her power, her ability. Mm-hmm. Which is essentially the argument that we're making that gives a god their, their ability to, yeah. to leave the astral plane, to leave and join the physical world. Interesting. I just wonder, like, how many people has she already gone after? And how many more is she going to go after? And what kinds of things is she, like, nonchalantly promising them, right? Like, for Legion, it's like, oh, this is just one possible future that you could lead everything, but it may or may not happen, but I want you to believe in me. Yeah, I don't know. You know? But but take some time, Legion. Think about it. Yeah, don't don't take too much time, though. Not too much. I'll find somebody else. He just walks in and solves things with Polly. <laughs> yeah, I could just take it from your mind. No, the right way ain't always the easy way. My 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 wife used to say that. I think maybe he was manipulated by Skinjacker, and that's I think so. Yeah, why his wife was killed, and the grief that's kind of tormenting him, and he doesn't understand really what he doesn't have any details about what happened. Yeah, Zen is not impressed by Banshee, but she is impressed by Moira. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I noticed how you've been avoiding that part of the issue. No, I brought it up. I mean, I, I brought it up on the cover. But oh, yes, yeah. that, that is always going to be something that I'm like, ah. Hmm. Let's not talk about it. But let's talk about but it. But also it's an interesting thing. Like when they're calling this mischievous situation or this, they're calling Switch Skinjacker. Right. That's essentially what Moira did. Right. She jacked his skin. Yeah. So he's been skin jacked twice. Basically. Poor guy. Poor guy. That's that's why he's in this weird spot. Nightcrawler wants to know about the singing stones and whether or not they could use this misappropriated intelligence. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll let you give me a massage and if you're lucky, maybe something will slip out. So were they talking about it at the bar? Like I don't understand. Why is that why is that the the request? I, don't I know she know. she also wants to have sex with him too. Yeah, she's she came right out and said it. Yeah. She's not hiding it. That's fine. So she's just a little jealous. She's like, Oh yeah, you would give him a sage massage, so You know, so the small little three fingers can really get in all the nooks and crannies of your back. Mm-hmm. But that's not what we have to worry about right now. What we have to worry about is Mother Righteous and she has got Banshee's number manipulative little bird she is isn't it Mm -hmm. (laughs) weird language she's actually in the altar it seems because banshee shouldn't be able to leave onto the beach and out to the astral plane so she has come in from the beach from that divide right 
But isn't the altar technically still in the astral plane? Right. So, it, well, so technically the altar exists in Legion's mind, but has connection to the astral plane. But Blindfold, was, who doesn't have a physical bat body, was able to go to the altar to talk to Pixie and right. Lost. Right. So theoretically, if this, if she is a god and she can't, she doesn't have a physical body or she can't be in the real world, she can still travel through this projected space as right. well. Right, Which is interesting. We're all mad here. What is this? Alice in Wonderland? Yeah. You don't see him in the... Where's the tea party? You don't see him in the X? The top right corner? The Mad Hatter? Loki. Oh, Loki. <gasps> oh my God, it is Loki. Wow, so excited. It's also weird because it's... If you look at the full cover, Galactus's head looks like it's shadowed in the background. Ooh, interesting. And there's another guy that I don't know who he is. What do you think? Big picture. Did this help? Would this was this answering your questions? Was are you still on the outs? I'm not on the outs. I mean, if I had to choose, I liked this book more than I liked Marauders. I appreciate that we are getting the sort of crime story elements that I was hoping that I would have, that I was a little fearful that I wouldn't actually get, like how I was like, oh, X-Factor is going to be a crime-solving book, but it wasn't. And then I was like, Legion of X is a cop book, crime book, but it's not. But it Emo is. Cops. Zen kind of is making it a little bit more investigative. Um, yeah, she's actually doing the job well. Yes, yeah. I think I... I, d I shouldn't have said like I didn't like this issue. It's just that I... I want a little bit more of something. More of what? What do you mean? Answer. Oh. Well, I mean, that's that's the tease, right? You know, that's right. the, the long game. That's how you stretch this out from and a then, couple issues to, you know, an arc of some kind. I don't know. I think like the the bar massage thing really threw me. That yeah, it was, was weird. a weird moment for yeah, me. Yeah, it was weird. I mean, good for Nightcrawler, I guess. I guess, yeah. But overall, I, wait a minute. Wasn't there a moment in in a recent, was it in X-Factor? No. X-Force? Was it in X-Force when Sage was like mentioning like, oh, you know like who I slept with or like whatever? Maybe it was Nightcrawler. Oh. Maybe they did the journey on the down low and that was your little hinty hint about it. Hmm. Maybe. Intrigue. Yeah, I mean, overall, I thought it was a good issue and a lot of intriguing mysteries, twists and turns and and all that jazz. So yep. I guess, yes, I've been swayed. Yay, I did it. I thought this was a really strong follow-up to issue one. And, and honestly, I was kind of on the fence with issue one just because of how much was going on and just Nightcrawler feeling out of character. I like the pickup of is that the budding romance in mm. the background that we don't know. I think this built on the ideas that were introduced and intertwined them, like I said earlier when we were talking about Marauders. But there's still a lot more that has yet to be explored. Mm -hmm. You've got a lot of new characters. You've got Iraqi characters. You've got big concepts. Now you're bringing in other Marvel Universe characters. I really like Zen. I yeah. like the, the large cast of characters. It feels very fluid. The fact that X-Force makes multiple appearances, makes this feel more anchored in the world of Krakoa because I felt like at the beginning it could just be hanging out in the altar or just little here and there as they solve their crimes. But now this feels 
much more grounded in the the world story. And to your point about the characters, like thing, the thing I will say, the difference is right. Like this book had a lot of action. Like Legion of X had a lot happening. And even though I'm saying, oh, I wanted answers, there were a lot. There was a lot of story development was here, furthered, yeah. and a lot of information that you got while still giving us really solid character moments. Like right. we got that, what we were looking for in Marauders, we got that in Legion of X. Right, we, the desperation of Banshee and all the things that he's going through, being manipulated, just Juggernaut feeling right. lost in the the follow-up of what happened the first time, the first issue, Legion and what he's struggling with, Ruth and, and Blindfold, how she's trying to support him, but also is, is afraid of what she could show. There, there's a lot more in right. terms of character building it's good stuff I, I kept comparing this to marauders and i i wasn't and i feel like that's what put me in a, in a mood at the beginning mm. or but I, I really like this issue yeah it's good stuff i think legion of x is as a book i was a little wary about like a little unsure how i was gonna feel about it but i'm liking it like issue two is pushing me in the direction of like okay i like this book yeah thoughts on mother righteous questions concerns i like her because she is a character who makes me nervous yeah she kind of reminds me like the way that she's latching on i will say this the way that she's latching on to individuals and their desires is kind of giving me onslaught vibes mm. and and that is something that i'm like ooh, is is this too close to that story that just happened of kind of feed like gathering all these people to feed off of to to get yourself out of a place inside somebody's mind sure yeah um but i do like this this pull for trickery and then i wonder if what's gonna happen is if loki and her are are against each other in some way and there's a connection to the two of them and she's sort of trying to build up her resistance to him and there there's like there are these two gods that are kind of at war with each other but they're using the Krakoans as a outlet for their drama yeah maybe yeah she's got a lot of intrigue she's got a great visual design i think that's cool oh yeah and just her her speech pattern is just all <laughs> over the place and i like that that's it makes her stick out as a as a new individual character which to to have she's someone new? yeah okay cool so her first appearance was last issue okay cool I, ne- I never assume that a character's first appearance in a Krakoan book is their first appearance because generally that's not the case. So I like that. Cool. That makes me like her more. It's a character that I'm getting to experience the origin of as well. Yeah. What about Weaponless Zen? I love her. Love her too. Yeah. Probably one of my new favorite Iraqis. I would argue she is not weaponless because she has intellect. Sure. I know that weaponless means something different. Lack of Morocco, mutant, but. mutant fighting ability. Right. Yeah. Where are you on Nightcrawler? I mean, I, I I was concerned in issue one, and I'm kind of still like the spark feels like bull. You know, the spark is like, hey, have you heard about trying new things? <laughs> well, I think that the, there was one thing about the spark that was like, I'm just trying to get people to just not want to do crimes anymore. Is like essentially what I got out of it, and I was like, Nightcrawler, right. that's not gonna happen, man. Right. And and also like maybe maybe crimes are new things for people. <laughs> maybe know? they want to try never, crime. I've never done these crimes before. This is new territory. I'm using the spark. You said I could do it this way. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to let the journey that Nightcrawler's character is on just be a journey and I'm just trying to observe it without really judging it, but it does at times feel 
still a little cringy to me. And like I said, the sage massage moment threw me a little bit. But I also think maybe that's Sage's secret lover. And that was their way of just telling us. Yeah. Or hinting. Well, Warlion Comics is wondering if the skinjacker setup is why other mutants are out of character. Or is that just a stretch? So that's been a criticism of a handful of, of books and or periods of the Krakoan era is that they, they feel off. Mm. And I don't know. I don't know. I feel like this is kind of a new concept that's being introduced through this title. And, you know, maybe maybe we'll be able to say yes. <laughs> this is what I have to say. Warline, if that's what you want to use to make yourself feel that these off characters are justified, then you should do that. You retcon that for yourself. But I don't think that that is the answer because of exactly what you're saying, that this storyline seems to be like a little bit newer of a concept. But maybe we're maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they've been planning this the whole time. Also, he said that there was already a test to Dr. Nemesis' experiment with Moon Knight and how he wasn't erased before Mark believed in him. And I don't know. I, I would assume that other people know and or believe in Khonshu, though. Mm. But maybe it was like Khonshu needed that additional, you know, like Tinkerbell. Like if you everybody clap, if you believe in fairies, like you need more. You needed that that other one to like tip you over the edge or maybe like other people believed in Khonshu, but they hadn't actively voiced that belief in a while or acknowledged his existence in enough time for him to be powerful. Yeah. L.V. Duart wants to know if any of the psychics can see Mother Righteous. Mm. So she's on the astral plane. So I would assume so if they were there or looking for her. We don't really know the extent of her abilities and she's technically not done anything but talk to people. So maybe she's not setting off any alarms. Yeah. And maybe she's, well, no. I was going to say maybe she's not contacting anybody with psychic abilities, but um, it's kind of not true. Eric Huffman is asking, what I'm thinking, is Kurt the Master Masseuse now on the island? Twice he was giving one, or there was talk of it. <laughs> and this is where I was thinking that those those three fingers, they give you great leverage. Yeah. It's ridiculous, Eric, and I don't understand it. It's weird. But he also is thinking that Mother Righteous is the trickster god hiding out. Well, what, I thought that too a little bit. What do we think? But he saw Loki's horns in the what's next last page cutout image. But like... Are they one and the same? Loki and Mother Righteous, you Yeah. I don't know about that. No. I just feel like Mother Righteous is coming with a, a lot of individuality. And, and I don't think that they would introduce a character that has this unique visual design and is manipulating things and then and then kind of then say, oh, yeah, she's really just Loki. Mm. But I will say that I did, I did have that same thought throughout the last two issues of like is she the one that we should be worried like is she well, think, the mischievous god i think we should definitely be worried about her and i do believe that she's a god or godlike character which is why she's trying to make this bargain with people to believe in her mm -hmm. i'm just not sure that she's the trickster or if that goes solely to loki but he's definitely on that cover yeah those are all the questions all the questions those are all the conversations well any last thoughts any questions on your end no not that we haven't discussed my only question is what's coming next week x-men red number three Ooh. and wolverine number 22 Ooh, double ooh. you mean deadpool number three yes yes indeed <laughs> i do 
Amazing. I'm excited. That'll be a good week. I think I think I was I went into this week, like I went into the reading being like, "Ugh, I'm not going to like these." But I always like them more after we talk about them. Yeah. Always, every time. Good. Good. Well, until next time, old friend. Charles, everybody's mad about you. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan. <laughs>